Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Maybe. Yes, sir! Michiana's sports leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT presents... Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show. I'm a big believer in fate. I have a good feeling about this. That's all I'm going to tell you. We welcome you to the Golf Show on Michiana Sports Leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT. Good Saturday morning to everyone. My name is Darren Pritchett. I am joined by my favorite co-host, Tim Firestone, the owner at Blackthorn Golf Club, and, of course, John Foster, the general manager at Notre Dame's Warren. Guys, good morning. Good to talk to you. Good morning, Darren. Good morning, Darren. I missed you guys last week. I know. little under the weather. <laughs> oh. so Yeah, I understand. I, I heard you guys were fantastic as always. You did not disappoint, so I appreciate that. Probably our best show you, you ever did, don't you? <laughs> yep, by far, at least. Uh, well, by the way, who'd you hear that from, Darren? That we were fantastic. Oh, I'm at least seventy-two people. <laughs> yeah, right. It was all over Twitter. Fifty-eight females and fourteen males, as a matter of fact. So there you go. Yeah, we have a. I, I know a, a female heavy listening uh, audience yes. out there. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And we give you full credit, John. So thank you for that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All thank right. You. Well, you guys had a good week for golf, right? Notre Dame's Warren Blackthorn. I assume you guys were very yeah. busy this week. Yeah, it was a good week. It really was. Yep. A little, little chilly on Friday, but yeah. Due to the blue gold game, we were busy anyway. So. Excellent. Hey. It's a busy, busy week, you know, with the, all the alumni coming back for the yep. Blue Gold game, which you can hear later today on WSBT Radio at 1230. See, Foster's like a pro. He's I already teed like you teasing. up, baby. <laughs> I teed you up. I know. I know. Very good. Well, first, first things first, one of the big news from the world of golf centered around Tiger Woods as he continues to try to come back from back surgery. Well, now he has to come back from more back surgery. And expected recovery time, guys, is six months. He has played in one tournament this year. He made the announcement on his official website Thursday that he has underwent back surgery once again in effort to lessen pain in his back and leg. Wood said, quote, the surgery went well, and I'm optimistic this will relieve my back spasms and pain. When healed, I look forward to getting back to a normal life, playing with my kids, competing in professional golf, and living without pain I've been battling so long. End quote. The announcement noted therapy failed as a permanent solution after three previous surgeries and past herniations caused other problems. So, again, recovery time, six months. He's not getting any younger. And we've talked about this for many, many years. In fact, since we started this program, this has been going on. And Mr. Firestone made the comment in our first show that Tiger will never, ever win another major. And Mr. Firestone's ready to cash in in Las Vegas, I think, yeah, any day. That's right. It's looking awfully good. It just gets more dire every month goes by. It just doesn't seem like the body will ever allow him to get back. And I don't know what you guys think. Let's just think optimistic. 
two years from now he feels good as he's ever going to be and he's going to try to pick up the game again. But can he be competitive in today's golf? That's what I'd like to know. I don't see it happening. I think this is, you know, no. a uh, proverbial nail in the coffin. I think that, <laughs> you know, you got at some point he's going to say, do I want to, like, live my life with my kids and be able to just live a normal life? Or am I going to yeah. try to push this and, and come back and, and try to prove to the world that, that I can play again? I just don't, I don't see it. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I think it's got to be strictly ego at this point because I'm not so sure. I'd love to give him a lie detector test on how much he really misses mm-hmm. being on tour and playing and competing. I, I don't know. I, I just got to believe that he would not enjoy it unless he's dominant. And if you think about it, his whole career, basically, when he was on tour, he was dominant. So trying to take kind of a subservient role out on tour, he's not going to do. So whether he can do it physically or not, I don't think if he if he does attempt to come back, I think the results are going to be like Tim said to the point where he's just not going to want him compete anymore. So I, I don't think he's a factor. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised at all the press this is getting um, because so what? He's having another surgery. <laughs> it's kind of old news at this point. Yeah, and you bring so, up a good point, John. I mean, at the end of the day, Tiger really only got geeked up for four events a year, and those were the four majors. So yeah, it's right. not like he was yeah. out there. Or his foundation events. Yeah, and Arnie, even that, I don't think even really yeah, maybe Arnie, right. maybe that, maybe Firestone, but you know, at the end of the day, he he had four weeks a year that he was really pumped for. So, how much is yeah. he really missing? It is a good point. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, as you guys know, I had very similar back surgery to what he had. Now. And by the way, it did end my career on tour too. So, the- <laughs> <laughs> but well, John, speak to having the surgeries then, and and how it affected you, and how different. Your swing is pre- and post-back surgeries. You know, honestly, uh, I mean, I'm a really poor example when it comes to that, but it was it was very similar surgery. I had the, um, you know, I had the fusion and the laminectomy and the rod in my back, and, stuff, and it, it's actually, it hasn't hurt since. It's been 10 years. I lost no mobility. Um, hmm. I mean, it, it just, now, that was my first and only. I know he's had a series of these, uh, and I don't know specifically what he had, but I don't think physically, I, I mean, if I were good before I had the surgery, I think I would have been just as good afterwards. So I don't think that's an issue. I just think it's more of a, a dry, even if physically he's okay, I'll go back to my point that, that I was making and Tim was making too. I don't. I just don't see it. And, really don't. and you know what, guys? Golf doesn't need him right now. And I'll get to that. That's going to be one of my yeah. follow-up questions. Oh, I'm sorry. Ahead. No, that's yeah. okay. Well, and I think the other thing, too, you've, I've, you know, Listening today, watching Twitter and the different feedback on, on people's opinion of this about how how he has to come back because he has all these sponsors and he has all these people that yeah. are the dude's got like four or five hundred million. You know, I don't think <laughs> no. he's really worried about you know a uh, uh, hundred fifty thousand dollar you know logo with AT and T on yeah. his chest. I mean, uh, that's not what's going to drive him. What's going to drive him is if he thinks he's competitive enough to win more majors. And right. to your point, I don't think he. I don't think he thinks he is. It's no. fair to say he has not been overly competitive, even the last seven, eight years. Not since 2012, no. when he won okay. five right. events, and he was right. You know, so we'll call it majors, five, six years. Yeah. Five, six years of not being Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. but yet you turn on television coverage of a PGA Tour event, or if you have the Golf Channel on one of their many shows covering the tour. One of the commercials that now pops up, 
mm-hmm. is all the crowd on the golf course gathering around to see what Tiger Woods' new golf ball is. And it's a Bridgestone yeah. golf ball. It's a brand new commercial. So it just shows you, even though he is not playing, he has not won a major in 10 years, on down the line, we can list all these things. It is still such a brand name that even when he's not playing, his name attached to something in the game of golf means something. And Bridgestone obviously saw something very big in Tiger, and they probably had small expectations going in. Maybe they're hoping to hit the jackpot. But it just shows you someone was willing to throw down, I'm sure, a pretty good amount of money just to have Tiger Woods use their golf ball. I believe... um that the Bridgestone deal, and John may know more about this than me, mm-hmm. but there's certainly, it was probably a good chunk of change, but also heavily performance-based. You think so? so? Oh, yeah, no okay. doubt about it. Um, I think that at this point in his career, it's one of these things where, hey, we'll give you you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, but if you yeah. win a tournament, yeah. you're going to get this. If you win a major, you're going to get a million and a half or two million. I right. think that's what it was. Right. But back to your Tiger well, Whistling well, and a couple things mm-hmm. on sponsorships and, and the Bridgestone thing. I mean, this is not uncommon. You know, Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus... Uh, yep. uh, promoted um, um, companies and products uh, all the way till they're you know in, way they're still doing it and Jack's mm-hmm. still doing it right. So right. that's not unusual for someone like Tiger, who, by the way, I think you could argue has had more impact on his sport than any other athlete uh, in professional sports of what he did to golf mm-hmm. and why people are so uh, so still intrigued uh, with Tiger. Uh, what he did for the game of golf uh, in the 90s and, and the popularity was remarkable. Right. Yeah, I, I was going to make the same point, Tim, that the, you know, you get the iconic athletes, whether it's golf or whatever, and, and after their playing career is over, they, they still generate a lot of money from sponsorships. I think of date myself a little bit, but Arnold Palmer and Hertz, I don't know. Do you guys remember that? I do. He, was, Hertz, he put Hertz rental car on the map. Nobody knew who they were before he stepped out in front of that. I thought that was and OJ. So, <laughs> No, he didn't rent it. He stole one. <laughs> God. So, I mean, there's money to be made, and he wasn't as beloved as Palmer. I think, well, I, I can't say that. Maybe at one point he was. Uh, I, I know that Nicholas was. And Nicholas, especially when he was younger and when he was playing, more competitively. He wasn't nearly as beloved as he is now. Um, so, I, again, I think if it's money, Tim's right. He can do it after. He doesn't have to play in order to make money from endorsements. And, yeah, I'm not worried about whether he's going to be financially secure into the future, whether he plays or not. I think he's, I think he's okay. The Golf Show here on WSBT Radio. Darren Pritchett, John Foster, Tim Firestone here on WSBT Radio. You mentioned Nicholas. Why was... He not received so well early on in his career. Was he a little grisly? I know he kind of took over for Arnie, and maybe that had something yeah. to do with it. Why was Jack not was, revered right away? I think it's because he was he was beating Arnie. He was yeah. kicking his rear end, and people didn't like that. Was a part of it. Yeah, that's that, no. I think that was how it got started. And I mean, to this day, he's not exactly the most charismatic guy in the world when you hear him speak. Um, and I just think he lacked charisma, and as a result. You know, he did get the reputation as uh, the guy that was beating up on Arnold Palmer, and that made nobody happy. And I don't think he had enough charisma necessarily to overcome that. Um, and, and, you know, people, began, they came to like the guy once that that other situation seemed to fade a little bit. But he's just, and, and I'd say the same thing for Tiger Woods. He's not exactly the most charismatic guy in the world. No. 
I mean, uh, do you guys agree? His, I mean, sitting down and having a cup of coffee with him would be kind of boring, I would think. Um, I oh. can't say that about Palmer. Oh, without a doubt. That Was it ESPN had that in-depth article on Tiger last year? We talked about that. I mean, mm-hmm. he comes across just as a different individual, and you wonder if yeah. it's just because of the way he was brought up. He was almost yeah, like built was, to be a robot yeah. and to be a professional golfer, and who well, knows how much time he had to enjoy being a kid. It's a Todd Marinovich thing, and oh, if anybody boy. remembers him, oh. you know, that was... And so the social skills never really developed, and, and in Tiger's case, it never really had a chance to develop. So, yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't make him a bad guy. It's just from an endorsement standpoint, I don't think his playing career will have to speak for itself mm-hmm. because I don't think anything else will. And, Tim, just to go back to what you started to talk about, that Tiger took the tour to another level like we've never seen before. And I don't know if anyone will ever have an impact like him again, but yeah. I don't know if you guys... Happened to catch probably a month ago when Fetty debuted on the Golf Channel. Is that how you say his name? It's just not Ferity. That's how you say it. That's how you say it. Fetty. But anyway, (laughs) he had Phil Mickelson on, and it was a two-hour presentation. I have not seen the second hour, but in the first hour, Phil was very upfront and said, I owe a lot of everything I have to Tiger Woods. Yeah. I always wondered, would I have the opportunity to play for a million-dollar purse? And... Or yeah. a million-dollar winner's check, and he really didn't think that was going to happen. And sure enough, it didn't take long into Tiger's run that the tour is now right. playing for a million-dollars first-place check, and the numbers continue to go up. And, guys, without a doubt, yeah. no matter what you think about Tiger, and I think there's as many people that do not like him as like him. I know there's some people in our area that saw him at Point of Woods and were turned off by him. Other people yeah. saw him up there and thought he was a very interesting individual. So it's wide-ranging. But the fact that Tiger got on the golf course and did these amazing things just brought so much more attention to the game of golf. And I'll say this, too, and this was documented recently on a piece about Tiger. I think a lot of golf experts are surprised that more minorities did not pick up the game when Tiger started dominating. But overall, more people got interested in the game of golf. And I think, like it or not, Tiger has a lot to do with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not denying that. I mean, he he contributed a lot to the popularity. Now, the, the point I'll argue, and, and Tim and I have had a lot of discussions about this, is that when he burst onto the scene, the National Golf Foundation and the, primarily uh, were the ones that were promoting the fact that, look out, because every you know inner city youth in the country is going to be playing golf in 10 years, so we need to build a bunch of golf courses. And a lot of that was based upon the, what they call the Tiger Woods effect, and it simply did not happen. And that's one of the reasons we have a an extreme overpopulation of golf holes in this country. Uh, so other things contributed, you know, a, a robust real estate market that, that kind of went away because a lot of these golf courses were based upon, uh, you know, building and housing additions in order to sell more lots and more houses. So, um, but... I mean, he definitely grew the game, but not to the extent that everybody was predicting. Final question I want to ask you guys in this segment, centered around Tiger Woods. I think it's fair to say, barring a remarkable turnaround, the Tiger Woods era is, for the most part, over. Maybe there might be a couple of times he comes out of nowhere. Who knows? But let's be realistic. We're at this point. We're not seeing any differences. A fourth back surgery. There are complications. How ready is the PGA Tour to survive and move on 
from one of the more popular eras in golf history. Now, don't get me wrong, Jack and Arnie and Gary, that's an era. I don't know mm-hmm. if anything's going to touch, but Tiger in his era did some amazing things. Is the tour on such a good foundation, guys, that you feel like if Tiger Woods does not start a PGA Tour event again, that you will continue to see people turning on the television to watch these events, to watch the Golf Channel, and to be honest, get the gumption to go out and play golf themselves? Mm. That's a great well, question. I think they have moved on. I mean, you asked can they move on? I think they have. Uh, he's not been relevant in, in the, on tour for the last five years, really. So he's been relevant in the sense that he's generated a lot of publicity, but none of it has to do with his performance on the course. So I think they're well positioned. And I think if you, you know, gave the tour, you know, the tour um, directors, you know, a test and, and, and could actually, you know, get the truth out of them. They would say the same thing. I don't think they're concerned at all that Tiger Woods is not going to be part of the landscape going into the future. I don't. Tim, what's your thought on that? Yeah, I mean, I certainly think they're disappointed because when if he does play and would have played and could have gotten right. healthy and could have been competitive, it would have been great for ratings. But I think I heard the Masters ratings were down um, this year, which yeah. is you know hard to believe. Um, but I think ratings in general are down, right? NFL ratings yeah. are down, NHL ratings are down, everybody's so ratings many are down, channels, so. guys. There are yeah. so many channels to choose yeah. from. You've got other mediums, radio movie theaters and people just are out doing things once again yeah. well, well when you better. talk about right when you talk about ratings too does that that's not counting the people that stream the masters right that's a great which point. i gotta you know and, and that's what i did yeah. during oh during work days right yeah well i was actually <laughs> working while i did it and i'm in the golf business so that's considered work i guess yeah, you're a research body of the research, yeah exactly because yeah. i know a lot of our athletic directors are big fans of the show and so they're probably listening right now so <laughs> <laughs> the ones that actually know there is a show. So, yeah. well, if, and I, I put that back on Darren, don't you, Tim, for yeah. not promoting us enough? That's right. Well, if John's not with us next week, folks, we won't give a reason, <laughs> but you will now know why. <laughs> we'll no, just play back that comment right there. There's a, there's a whole lot of other reasons that they could, uh, you know, <laughs> that I wouldn't be back next week. It has nothing to do with this discussion here. So, fair yeah. enough. Okay. All right. We'll On just, that note, <laughs> I don't have any way to turn the direction of this boat, man. It's it's going over Niagara Falls. I'm going to let John just go by himself. <laughs> uh, John Foster, Tim Firestone, Darren Pritchett, this is The Golf Show. We'll take a timeout when we come back. We'll talk about professional golf coming to South Bend. A sports, or sports beat. The Golf Show continues on Michigan Sports there you go, Leader. John. There I go again. Yep. I don't even care yeah, about you guys, do I? You don't, do you? Uh-huh. See, you don't know how many times I say you're listening to the golf show during the week. Yeah, I listen to your show a lot. I've never <laughs> heard that I've once. never heard it. I'll never do it three once. times the next time I'm on the air. I promise. The golf show with the greatest co-host of all time on Michiana Sports Leader 96.1 FM WSBT. The golf show on Michiana Sports Leader 96.1 FM WSBT continues along with John Foster, the general manager at Notre Dame's Warren. We've got Tim Firestone, the owner at Blackthorn. My name is Darren Pritchard. Thanks for joining us on this Saturday morning. Well, these two gentlemen are doing great things, of course, for the game of golf in our area on a daily basis. And as we look at bigger picture items, Tim has brought professional golf to Blackthorn with the Four Winds Invitational on the Symmetra Tour. And, John, a big part of the reason why the USGA is bringing the U.S. Senior Open to Notre Dame's Warren in 2019. So, guys, first, thank you 
for bringing professional mm-hmm. golf to our area. For this size of market to have these two events, I think we should feel pretty lucky. Absolutely. I, brag, I brag. Come on. Come on. Go no, ahead. No, well, well, basically, Tim and I bringing professional golf to this area is a compensation for the fact that we couldn't play professional golf <laughs> there. That's the That's motivation right. right there. That's exactly um, right. Yeah, no, we're. I mean, it's it's somewhat selfish though, and I know Tim's the same way. I really enjoy doing events, and this is. I mean, it's a daunting task. You know, it's been going on prior to even the announcement for four or five years here, and then we got another, you know, two and a half years or so before the event itself. But I like doing it, and I know my staff likes it, and and the community is has embraced. You know the concept um, as as we move forward, and and I think there's evidence from Tim's event out there. I think one could argue it's the most successful event on the Symmetra Tour, and mm-hmm. that's not by mistake. Uh, so this community, I think, is a well. I know that the USGA, when we talked originally, likes a, a, a market like this. Um, you know, rather than going to Chicago, where they've got all kinds of things going on at the same time of year, and they have sporting events day in day out. A market like this is somewhat starved for big-time professional events, and I think that's why Tim's seen the response he's seen, and we're looking forward to what, uh, at least preliminarily, the indication's been we're going to have a major response uh, for the Senior Open. I would agree with you. Just you take a look at the South Bend Cubs when you brought in an owner that was going to take care of the fans and make them feel like a part of the team and bring them an an environment. You can bring the family out, a clean ballpark with great food. Look at the results. So there oh, is no amazing. doubt. I, I think you're right. This is a market that loves sports, and just look at all the people coming out for sporting events. John, as you think back to when the process started, the USGA was looking for a home for the 19 championship. What do you think the USGA looks for when they visit a golf course? And maybe you can just offer an example yeah. of something at your course that could help offer that explanation. Well, uh, well no, that's a... That's a great point, and they will tell you, uh, and, you know, this isn't something that they called me up and said, hey, we'd like to consider you guys for the 2019 Senior Open. This process was a lot different in that for a period of about eight years, I was kind of betting on the comma a little bit in that I hosted a bunch of USGA qualifiers. I think it's been 14 uh, over the past 14 or 15 years where you give your golf course up for the day and they do this, you know, the U.S. Open, the U.S. Am, Publinks, and then, and then we hosted the Women's Publinks in 2010. Again, a, a money loser, but you're kind of auditioning and they're kind of evaluating the golf course and how it holds up to this type of player and that type of player. So when ultimately, you know, I wrote them a letter that said we would like to be considered for a major championship. It was it was even vague at that point what that might be. They sent people here and they we walked the golf course and we walked it with Core and we walked it with Crenshaw and they were saying that they start with a golf course and they make everything else work from there. So they they love the fact that the golf course tests, you know, they feel it would test the best players in the world every facet of their game. You know, short game, driving the ball, you know, iron play, uh, bunker play. So, so they felt that the course was stern enough, a stern enough test. And then they looked at the infrastructure and the logistics around Notre Dame and how we could handle these things. For instance, this year at Salem Country Club in 
Boston, they've got a huge parking issue because it's a private club, an old club. They're, they're busing people in from over a mile away, which isn't untypical. Well, we got them walking across the street from White Field here, and you keep going on down the line of the thing. So, but basically, Darren, make a long, a short answer to the question. They they love the golf course, they love the design, and they think it'll, as I say, provide a stern test for the players. The other stuff they'll make work no matter what. Tim, as you think about that golf course that you know very, very well at Notre Dame's Warren, what do you think the golfers are going to enjoy when they come here in 2019? I think it's the variety of shots and the variety of holes mm-hmm. and, and um, um, the ability to hit some, you know, the bump and run shots and, and yeah. you know, all the different shots they get to play, I think, they're, is really what they're going to enjoy the most. And um, I, think, I think it'll be a great venue. I think it'll be a good test. Um, I'm anxious to see... You know what these guys, what the scores will be. I mean, if you play the, yeah. the tips out there with these guys, I mean, it's going to be a challenge. Um, even they're, you know, they're good, but it's going to. Yeah. I think it's going to beat them up. You know, it's, it's interesting, Tim, because you know we we get the casual player out here that's like, God, those guys are gonna, they're going to be twenty five, thirty under, and it's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> we held the senior uh, open qualifier two years ago, and we had, I think it was twelve or thirteen of the senior tour players here, and. I, I got to be honest. We may have talked about it before, but the golf course was set up short. It was done by. Uh, it wasn't done by the USGA. It was done by someone else, and I had no input. It was set up at sixty-seven hundred yards instead of the seven thousand we're going to see in nineteen. The whole locations were vanilla. Everything was in the middle of the green, and the greens were not stimping above nine and a half. That's what they wanted. Um, and the best score that was shot was Mike Reed shot um, 69. It was, And they played it to a par 71. We're going to be playing par 70. So Mike was two under, and that was the best score. He was the only one that broke par. And that, I, I'm, I agree with Tim. I mean, we don't want it. It won't be stupid hard, but I think it's, it's a little bit uh, deceiving. Cause I'd you be look shocked at it if like, anybody got it to like five or six under. I, I agree, Tim. I, I do, and you know they won't they won't trick the greens up, but they're going to be stamping about ten and a half or so. Um, and the greens are so tiny, as you know. So, and I know this. You know they're playing our tenth hole, which will be number one, championship one, four hundred seventy five yard par four. The the second hole, which is our eleventh hole, as that par three, they're playing at two forty five. <laughs> We've never played it back there. I didn't. I forgot that tee box was even there. Do you guys even and, know it? Yeah, we do kind of mow it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean, they're not they're not taking it easy on the old guys, that's for sure. So, yeah, John, I'm curious, too. John, number two as we play it right now, is that going to be a par four? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll only have two par fives, and okay. that'll be our current 17th hole and then the current fifth hole. Five and 17. Okay, very good. Yeah. So that's coming in 2019, the U.S. Senior Open. And actually, a member of the South Bend Cubs staff was out at Warren this week. And apparently you have signs up in the clubhouse signifying yep. that because they were asking me about the U.S. Senior Open coming in 2019. Oh, that's great. Yep. Yeah, no, we we've actually had a very successful week in the hospitality sales area. I think the momentum's building, and uh, all of a sudden we're worried about enough inventory of sky boxes and villas and stuff. So that's a good wow. problem to have as How about well. about that? Tim, have you got yeah. your polo shirt yet? No. I haven't either. <laughs> Maybe well, we can contact somebody. They don't make triple X, so <laughs> I haven't got mine yet. Uh, actually, they do. Oh, they do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe You're not I got lost X, in the dude. mail. That 
possibly could be the yeah. reason, Tim. Well, nobody, you guys didn't request anything. Gotta ask. Uh, we have to ask? Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, just imagine all the people that are tuning into this show that could see us right now with these it's polos radio. on. They would be more excited. It's, no, they can see us. It's radio, pal. If this were a TV show, you guys would have have all the garb, believe me. Oh, I see. I see how yeah. it goes. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. fair enough. Tim, as you prepare for the summer, any news on the Four Winds Invitational at your place? No, it's crazy how quickly it's sneaking up on us, especially when we moved it up a week. So our media day is, is just uh, two or three weeks away, uh, Wednesday, May 17th, uh, to kind of kick it off. Uh, all of our media marketing uh, campaigns start here in the next couple of weeks. Um, this is crazy how quickly this spring is gone and winter's gone and um uh, we made our first um, invitation uh, for a sponsor exemption. We'll make that announcement here in the next week. It's a very good local uh, amateur uh, young lady who uh, won the Indiana um, State uh, Tournament when she was in high school. She's won several NCAA events. Uh, so we're excited about having her in the field uh, this year. Um, and the Symmetra Tour is off and rolling. They've had two or three different winners um, already in their events and uh Things are going really well, so we're looking forward to uh, a great week of uh, golf, uh, June 5th through the 11th. I was watching the Golf Channel recently, and one of our favorites that I know you got to know, and just standing by you, I had a chance to visit with her, but Blair O'Neill's television career has kind of taken off on the Golf Channel. Yeah. Yeah. um, Well, I wonder why. imagine why. Yeah. I'm shocked. <laughs> I wasn't going down that road. I was just saying it's. I, I went down that road. Yes, yeah. she's um, she's doing quite well. She also has a great presence on social media and mm-hmm. Instagram and Twitter, and she's really promoted herself nicely. And um, she's doing long drive competitions now too, so she can really, really? Hit it. yeah, she can hit really. It. Is she playing competitively now, or just doing these type of things? I don't think she's playing competitive. Maybe some cactus tour events, but she never really could st- yeah. uh, make it on the uh, Symmetra tour. Right. I think she her putting struggled a little bit, but um, anyway, she's found her niche in golf. You know, she's yeah, that's right. out of it. Of we haven't ways. found ours yet, but someday, pal. <laughs> someday. <laughs> someday. Oh, and, yeah. and by the way, Tim just handed me a Symmetra Tour polo shirt. Tim, thank you very much. You I greatly appreciate so that. Welcome. I'll make sure yeah, I, I get you. It's a, it's a ladies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be very easy to turn Mr. Foster off with this one little button right here. He's he's, he's on fire today. He's stealing the show on it's his, a Tim. Lot easier. It's a lot easier to take pot shots when you're not in the same room with someone. You realize that. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. We've got a lot of things going on. These guys are heavily involved. And why don't you, Tim, mention Symmetra Tour dates this year and any other things you want to mention at this point? Yes. Yeah, so um, um, June 5th, uh, Monday, Monday, we start uh, the week off. And there's uh, at forwardsinvitational.com is the schedule of all the events. Okay. The new event that we're introducing, um, uh, which is just um, we're going to make the announcement. We've got a brand new event on Thursday night. Uh, a ladies' golf clinic hosted by um, uh, um, a, a local um, person here in the community who's very involved in golf and charity who will be kind of our spokesperson for that event. We're really excited about that. 
Um, we have the 5K on Sunday, June 11th, uh, the Daddy-Daughter Pro-Am, where you can bring your daughter out to play with the players. This year is going to be on Thursday, June the 8th. So, fourwindsinvitational.com has all the dates and ways to participate. You can sign up online for all three of those events, and we really would encourage everybody to come on out. And again, this year, um, Martin Supermarkets, uh, admission is free all tournament long, thanks to Martin Supermarkets, and then also us. Uh, Thanks to Applebee's on Sunday, free ice cream, hot dogs, kids games, activities in the kids zone from 10 to 2. So great, uh, very inexpensive way to uh, entertain the family and bring them out uh, to watch some professional golf. And the ladies are very, very nice to talk to, more than willing to have a conversation. So it's a great atmosphere out at Blackthorn, the Four Winds Invitational. Again, the website is fourwindsinvitational.com. Simple as that. Golf show continues in just a moment on Michiana Sports Leader 96.1 FM WSBT. Along with John Foster, the general manager at Notre Dame's Warren, and Tim Firestone, the owner at Blackthorn. My name is Darren Pritchett. This is the golf show on Michiana Sports Leader 96.1 FM WSBT. The PGA Tour down in Texas this week. Did you happen to see the practice round involving Charlie Hoffman, the guy who played very well at the Masters? Uh-uh. I did not. No. Well, he was noticing there was something on his grips. Couldn't figure out what in the world. So the caddy took all the golf clubs out of the bag, and apparently the Easter Bunny had dropped a chocolate-covered Reese's peanut butter cup down in the bottom of the bag. And in the heat of Texas, well, the candy did not hold up very well, and so all of the grips were getting a little sticky. So the Easter Bunny had bad aim, apparently, at Charlie Hoffman's house. So we highly encourage Charlie Hoffman and all other golfers in our area, take care of your grips. Notre Dame's Warren, Blackthorn, can take care of those grips because that's the most underutilized thing that golfers probably do not do, and that is changing their grips every year. Because you know what? If you feel the club a little better, if you have a good grip, you're going to hit a little better, right? I mean, seriously, I'm not trying to sell grips. No, I, I mean, it's just it's somewhat common sense. I mean, I, I honestly, and I, I know Tim's seen the same thing. Uh, somebody will bring in their, their clubs for regripping, and you'll see there's circa 1990 you know, links or something. You say, how, you know, when's the last time you had them regrip? Well, I've never had them regrip. It's 27 years, and it's not uncommon. And, boy, you put on a, a new you know, set of grips for people, and they're all like, oh, my gosh. Like Christmas morning, the clubs are completely different. So, And it's relatively inexpensive. But as you, you know, the professional players do it five to six times a year. Uh, people around here that play frequently, we have some guys that change them twice a year. So at least every couple of years, I think it makes sense. And if you don't, at Warren and at Blackthorn, a putter could slip out of your hand like Judge Smales and land on one of the umbrellas, and we do not want that. There you go. Yeah, what, it's it's a it's a hazard. Yeah, and, and I would encourage people too with the putter grip. Speaking of that, you know, there's a lot of new grips mm-hmm. options out there that really uh, are, are are pretty neat to to uh, to take a look at and 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 play around with. So. Um, and no one really thinks about regrouping the putter that often, like we just talked about. But yeah. uh, there really are some cool like some cool options now. What is an example of something new? Well, these Superstroke 
Um, Love those. Grips, you know, you got the bigger, they got mm-hmm. the midsize, there's longer down the shaft where you can, you know, play with the, with the grip that way. Now they have this more of a square option. Um, mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of different shapes and sizes, I think, that uh, uh, either people have requested or the research and uh, development folks have come up with. Um, but it's really, yeah. uh, it's not just your standard old, you know, ping uh, grip anymore. Right. Yeah, and most of the the common putting flaws that everybody suffers from have to do with the wrist breaking down. And the larger you go with the midsize or the larger grip on these things, it kind of locks your wrist out of it. And that's why a lot of the play you see on tour, a lot of these guys use it. Uh, I know I, Tim does. I do. It just prevents you from breaking your wrist because mm-hmm. it's um, it's a, you know just a much larger circumference. So uh, it's it's. Night and day different. I think you can see an improvement if indeed you struggle with your putting just by putting the right grip on it. Is the square grip popular compared to the old traditional round grip? It's it's becoming more and more popular. Mm. I've got it yeah. on the putter I just got, um, and, and I love it. Um, yeah. Why does it feel different to you, for example? I, it's just the way it fits in my hands. My hands, I have smaller fingers, and and for whatever reason, the way that the the the, the, the creases in my palms, it just fits better to make sure that my hands are on equal sides of the putter. It just kind of fits to my hand shape better than a regular round putter. More, yeah, and more of your hand is on the putter as opposed to a really small you know, grip That's good on, a, on a putter, you've you got your fingers, fingers in there, but yeah. very little of your palm, and it's the palm that can provide the stability and take the flippiness and the wristiness out of it. So uh, <clears throat> I just would encourage people to, to try them. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Tim Firestone, John Foster, Darren Pritchett with you, the golf show here on WSBT Radio. Hypothetical question. Since the tour is in Texas this week, they're known for the high winds. So let me just ask this, just for fun. If you're a young player, let's say you're 10 or 11 years old, and your mom and dad, they've got an oil business. Money is not an option. You can do whatever you want, okay? The credit card is yours. <laughs> so if you could live anywhere in the United States, and you, your goal is to be a professional golfer. You could play anywhere. You could play in the winds of Texas to get better. Maybe go to Florida or California to play on a certain type of grass. If you had your choice, where would you live and why? Who wants to go first? Wow, that's a good question. I don't know, probably I, I would. Well, okay, yeah, you go for it. I would say Orlando, Florida. I think that just seems to where uh, a, a good... A uh, cluster of other professionals are there. I don't know. You could, I mean, that's a good question. I don't know. Phoenix too is getting more and more guys uh, in Phoenix, yeah. but uh, I would go where I f- could uh, have action, have some other guys to play with that would want to, you know, <laughs> play a few Nassau's on the off weeks. Certain zest so, for yes, living. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the first criteria is where you could play. Year round, yes. That that would have to be it. Uh, the the one thing that I would say, not Florida possibly, is because of the the grass types down there. Not that there's anything wrong with a lot of Bermuda, but if you grow up on Bermuda, it, it, it's really hard sometimes to convert to bent to tighter lies and stuff. But again, I mean, you the way kids are now, they travel all across the country and play golf anyway before they're twelve years old. But the one thing I like the Texas thing because of the different elements that come into play. And also the grass types, because you do see some uh, some zoysia, you do see some rye, you do see 
basically burned out patches, you know, because that's the, the scrub stuff that all these players grew up on. You have to learn to hit a bunch of different shots. You have to learn to control it into the wind. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a toss-up. I think the most important thing is where you can play, you know, 12 months a year, though. Well, growing up on the plains of Illinois, we had a lot of wind, and I tell you what, I think it does make you a little better having to deal with those conditions. So the first thing I thought of was Texas, just because you would see everything possible almost on the golf course from Mother Nature that would prepare you for a professional career if you got that far. Final question, i got about a minute. If you could pick one person as your teacher, past or present, who would it be? Oh, good question. Mm. I, I would pick the guy who uh, I worked with, kind of my mentor, that when I decided to get into the business, it was George Thomas, who was a phenomenal teacher, phenomenal player. Uh, you know, and George was a golf coach here at Notre Dame for years. Uh, I would say George, and plus he was he was really fun mm-hmm. to be around. Tim, um, I'd say John Foster probably. There you go, pal. Wow. I knew it was coming. Butch <laughs> Harmon, no way, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you just need to tune up with John, and everything's good. I just don't get to see him enough. So, That's so you're right. still working there. together then? I haven't seen him yeah. in spring. i got to get over there. But, yeah, he's my instructor I'm still of record. On retainer. I'm still on retainer. We should yep. just tape you guys on the range working together, and that should be a show. I'm dead serious. Let's, yeah, we should do let's that next do week. It. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. And Timmy comes out, Darren, bring the... Whatever you use to record things. Maybe it's even a tape recorder. I have no idea. Come on out. It it could be a lot of fun for all of us. It'll take me three days to edit out some things, but yeah, we'll (laughs) make it happen. We can't do it live. (laughs) The Golf Show continues next on WSBT. (sighs) We wrap up the Golf Show with what's coming up. Blackthorn Golf Club owner Tim Firestone, you're first. We, uh, aerification has uh, started tomorrow, so we're going to be a little sandy and dusty. we got discounted rates coming up this week. Uh, BlackthornGolf.com or 232-4653 for your tee times. All right, and Notre Dame Warren General Manager John Foster. Okay, John, thank you. Oh, no, go ahead. No, actually, before Tim said that, we're through our aerification, which we did early last week, and because of the rain, the, the greens have fully recovered. So come on out and see us. How about a phone number? Well, how about it? Five seven four six three one golf. <laughs> I'm just you trying my to help. personal. That's my cell number. Yeah, we'll just see call you me next week. Up. We'll All see right. you next week. Say good night. Sports right. feed on. All right, this is a golf show on WSBT South Bend. <laughs> Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 